Dulcet tones of, uh, well, Mr. Kent Spong, the competition winner. Um, yeah, a lot of comments on YouTube, actually, about that. Um, it's the, the reason the tune is there is because it was voted for by uh, our, our esteemed panel, and it was one of many tunes submitted. So anyway, thank you very much to Kent, and thank you very much for all my listeners. This is Sonic's Talk number 279, recording lay live today, Wednesday the 15th of August. Uh, you will be able to see it on YouTube, hopefully, if all the technology works. Shortly after this particular event, I'm Nick Bat, editor of Sonic State, and I've got a couple of people on the line with me here, our two regulars. There's Mr. Dave Spears, looking very sepia today. There's a sort of um, there's a sepia quality to your video. I'm not quite sure why that is, but it's Dave Spears back in the seventies. Well, let's just go. Uh, hold on, let me get. Uh, we'll get a Dave. Oh, hold on, that all went a bit wrong. There's Dave. Hello. Sort of working. I might have to just tweak that a little bit because that isn't quite working the way I'd hoped it was going to. Uh, just found something. Oh, what is that? I don't know what it is, and that's always slightly worrying when you something, find something that when you've got a lot of analog gear. Vaguely recognise, and you think, hmm, what is that? Where is that? I might have to keep that. Oh, that is a bit dis- disturbing. I hope it's... Is that, uh, li- is that little plug to block up a, an a ADAP board? It's, yeah, well, yeah, you could... No, it's not square, it's round at the end. It's not the old oh. toss, very inappropriately named toss link. <laughs> but yeah, oh, weird. Anyway, there you go. I'm just going to uh, jig this about. There we go. Look, that's much better. Done selecting. I'll save that. Uh, Dave Spears, uh, G4 Software, of course. Um, uh, I, by the look of what I just saw there, did you have you just sneak something in? Is there more instrumentation in your room there, Dave? I think you know. I know there is because you told me before the show, and I'm just going to. I'm outing you live on air. So what is it you've got there? Come on. Man, I'm in so much trouble. We're supposed to be thinning out things because in preparation for a hopefully a move. But um, yes, something arrived out. The, the, the full story is I saw something and said to Chris, that looks really amazing. And he kind of, I always know when he's up to something because he never says anything about it. He just kind of completely ignores it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of, about a week later, he said, uh, I asked him a question about it. And he said, what, what, what do you mean? Which is always a surefire thing to say, I bought it. And I can show you this, I'll show you this very quickly. I literally just had to drag this into the room. So there's no evidence of it in the house <laughs> before the wife got back. Oh, it's a Juno 2012. No, it's a Profit 10. Ah. You know it's, what? It's in mint condition. You know what? I When I was a kid, that was the one I wanted. Uh, Will Will uh, from Goldfrap's got one of those as well, and it is absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm very impressed. Anyway, I'm going to go. Um, we'll go to Gaz now because uh, he's there too. I'll see if yeah. I've got my... My my my, uh, my my switching's not quite right there. I've got to adjust you, Gaz. You need to be corrected. So while we talk, um, yes. Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk. Uh, welcome yep. to you. Uh, fresh Thank back you. from Tokyo, as you will. Well, not quite fresh. <laughs> sort of getting getting it's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. So uh, yes, uh, in terms of your backness, I won't go on and on about uh, me and Greg. Got some very harsh comments about me me uh, welcoming our guests last last week. Oh. So. From somebody who, appa- well, it could ah. be somebody who apparently <laughs> is uh, very big on uh, radio production, so and said I was not doing it right. But anyway, Gaz Williams, oh. songsurgeon.co.uk resident. Your video is looking pretty good there. Nice to have Hooray. you. Yes, good. Um, my band's old roadie Rob. He's got a 
Profit 10. Uh, I might have mentioned it before because it was uh, Jeff Downs from Asia. It used to belong to him. Oh. Um, uh, but underneath it's a big stencil saying Leo Sayer. So. <laughs> <laughs> and when you play a note, it goes, you make me feel like this. <laughs> Um, or more, important, I, more importantly, one, maybe it just makes you feel like dancing when you play it. Oh, that's only better than the profit. Yeah, <laughs> you've gone a bit digital. Your uh, bandwidth's gone a bit funny. I think. Oh, Video, video's looking good. Oh, I was going to say the key. The keys on the on Rob's profit ten are really sticky and really horrible. It's a really horrible keyboard to play. I don't know if that because it belongs to Leo Sayer. Oh, don't. <laughs> It's what it is. It's probably ice cream and stuff like that. You know, it's just like I know he had a bit of a sweet tooth, and he probably just spilt lots of ice cream on the keys. (laughs) Jesus! Look, let's just let's not go there just yet. I mean, I can't imagine what else you could think it possibly was. So anyway, I'm going to go and see if I can get Rich Hilton and see if I can accommodate him in our uh, wonderful um, Skype three-way conference. Just one second. You'll have bear with us live chatties. Thanks very much, by the way, you, for, for joining us. Um, I'm just, just going to see if I can fix that now. Right, so let's see if we can get Rich. Rich probably knows Leo Sayer. Didn't prob- he, there wasn't there a he picture does. of Rich and he Leo does. Sayer. There we go. But, Ask him about it. Ask him what but, that mysterious substance is. But he doesn't call him Leo, does he? He calls him Gerard. <laughs> no. What? Yes, okay. Yeah. I can think of other names. I probably call <laughs> Oh, look, just Stop Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton, Hiltonius. Hey, Rich. Hello, fellows. Hello, hello, Rich. How are you? Hiltonius.com. Keyboard player with Chic. Man's the personal, man's the controls of uh, Nile Rogers' personal studio. Have you been doing much personal studio manning um, this week? And now you're back from your travels? Yes, I have. Ah, got an interesting project on? Well, uh, yeah, there was a, yes, I've been very busy. I'm sure you can't talk about it, but uh, well, I always like to put you on the spot just to see how you react. <laughs> It involved a lot of scoring in this case, and uh, it's something that, well, I'm getting better. <laughs> cool. I'm getting better at it. I'm still not very good at it, but I'm getting better at it. Right, well, let's, let's begin. Um, let's just get on with it. First, first thing is, obviously, um, this is the MoFo X4 that's been announced by uh, Dave Smith. There he goes, doing a lovely filter sweep. The Mofo X4. Let's see if I can find. I've got I've probably got a picture of it that might be a bit more appropriate. I won't. Uh, I won't play it all. But that, 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 there it is in its beauty. I can probably switch a few more shots. It's essentially. I, the, I don't know if you were aware. The Mofo keyboard was about um, not that big, yeah. but this has got 44 keys, got four voices, uh, and it's out. It's got. In fact, it's also got. Um, aftertouch and uh, weighted keys which is always nice to see on smaller keyboards and even the mofo had that as well so this is essentially a four four voice mofo uh, and i know a lot of people really dug the mofo i mean when i did the review i do remember uh, thinking it sounded a bit like a polysynth trapped in a mono synth body <clears throat> and uh, and now it's actually become a polysynth it's sort of blossomed like a I don't know what would you would call it. Like um, it's it's come out from its cocoon. <laughs> Gaz is not looking uh, looking all that positive about that. Do you like the Mofo, Gaz? Um, yeah, I've got Mofo. I um, I agree with you though. I think you know it's you know the polyphonic uh, nature or lack of nature of the Mofo. You know that makes this thing a very interesting thing. I was wondering why they didn't call it the Tetra keyboard though. That was the thing that kind of puzzled well, me. Well, I a think bit. the Tetra is uh, multi-timbral. 
and ah. the X4 is not multi-timbral, which is uh, is causing yeah. some people a little bit of uh, strife. They're sort of a little bit upset about that because, uh, you know, obviously, even mm. if it was just du- duo-timbral, it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can't have everything. I'm, I mean... Mm. But um, what, what's your, what do you find the MoFo works well for you? Because I, I must admit, I went to listen to it the other day um, uh, when I was working up uh, with um, the guy from the Gadget Show. He had one of those as part of his setup, and it sounded absolutely massive, much bigger than I remember. I mean, he had, did have a huge subwoofer there. And uh, Oh, there it is. Oh, you've got a, te- you've got a Tetra. I know. No, uh, MoFo, MoFo desktop. Ah, right. Yeah, you haven't yeah, got yeah. MoFo keyboard. What are you using yeah. it for, then? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It's actually uh, uh, yeah, a mouse mat. Um, no, it's really cool, actually. I sometimes uh, plug it into... Well, it is actually... It was plugged into the audio input on my Gaia and midied up to that. So I, I can mix it in with the Gaia. Um, but I, I, I don't really use it very much, partly because I just don't like the operating system of there, really. I think uh, there's a software version of it as well, but I don't find that a whole heap of fun. Uh, but it's a good thing, and it does sound good, and it really sounds good when you when you enable an audio input and don't plug anything in and use the kind of um, the audio gain and you get this kind of nasty distortion thing coming on that's really cool that's quite similar to the brute factor I, I believe in the new um, what's it uh, mini brute the Artoria yeah he's yeah. got that audio feedback loop that you can get some pretty yeah. full on uh, yeah. and that's uh, that that is definitely the killer feature on that thing there you know and um, you can really make it sound really nasty and dirty and uh, and it's cool. It's cool. I didn't. There's an audio input on there, and I thought that that was going to be pretty cool. But it's it's okay. But I am I, because um, there is a thing where you can have a a, a sequence, uh, you know, uh, that can sequence any of the parameters, and you can advance the sequence with an audio gate thing. So I, if you're playing a riff, every note that you play in will advance the sequence. Um, in your own time rather than based Ah, uh, yeah, time. you step it. That's kind of... I mean, I guess the thing is about analog is, you know, you want the knobs on it. So, I mean, the, the MoFo desktop has got, you know, got all of that and the, the X4 yeah. has also got it. So it's kind mm. of... I mean, Dave, actually, Dave, another, another Dave. Um, we haven't actually... Um, have you got any Dave Smith instrument stuff? Only what I've just picked up. And mine might have belonged to Leo Sayer as well because check this out. Preset one. Baby! There you go. <laughs> Yes, uh, Dave, and for those, Rich, you no, probably just missed this. Uh, Dave Spears has just taken delivery of a Prophet 10, which is lurking in the corner. And uh, um, Gaz was mentioning that he uh, also had access to one that, uh, that was actually pre-owned by Leo Sayer. And we were wondering, as you may, we think, we, we may be wrong, but we think you may have had some kind of... Uh, uh, a, connection with Leo Sayer in the past, Rich, and you, uh, you may have actually touched the, the very same Prophet 10 in some way or form. No, I never played keyboards in the same room with Leo Sayer, but he's my buddy. Ah, well, there we go. So that's that cleared up. But, da- uh, but Dave, I mean, you haven't got any of the modern stuff then, just, just the... Um... No, I'm really sorry, and I'm really sorry because I completely... This came in a separate email, which I only get. just noticed. I was looking at the first email going, oh, well, how come I haven't seen this? Because actually ah, it's quite interesting. So please, those who know, continue, and I will listen and learn for a change. <laughs> All right then, Rich. It's over to you, Rich Hilton. Um, have you got any Dave's... You've got the Prophet OA, haven't you? We've got a Prophet OA. 
keyboard. Oh, okay, and uh, I mean, there's there are some differences. I think the Mofo's got the sub oscillators, which gives it a little bit more more woof. Am I right? I'm, but less voices. It's only got four voices. I mean, there are other architectural differences as well. Do you find you're using the Profit Eight a lot? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I don't have a lot of call for analog synthesizer in the work that we do. Right. When I do have call for it, I might use it, and I uh, t- often use the Mini Moog that I have, and uh, then again, I often use software synthesizers. Yeah, it's interesting that. I mean, I w- how good does a uh, hardware synth have to be before uh, <laughs> before you'll pull it before it gets you reached for, but over a software synth? I mean, is it that convenience, really? Because, I mean, you're not going to have them all plugged in all at the same time, so as you can always call up a, a, a soft synth fairly quickly, right? Well, uh, yes to all of that. I mean, uh, yeah, I could have them all plugged in at the same time, and I owe, actually, the profit, you just reach over and play it, and it always plays, and it's always sending MIDI. So um, it's quite easy to use, so it's not an ease-of-use thing. It's the what's the shortest path to the best result to complete this musical task that I said before me, like everything else. And uh, uh, as regards the Minimoog, there are certain cases where none of the virtual simulations will do something exactly that I need it to do. And they get close enough, but it, this I've got the real thing right here. What do I yeah, have to yeah, get close Exactly. Enough? I mean, it's just more um, instinctive, isn't it, a lot of the time? The Minimoog to me is just like an old friend. I can operate it in my sleep. You know, it's just you reach out. I know if I have something in mind that a Minimoog will do well, I can just reach over and it just comes very quickly. Just got to remember to put a bit of high-pass filter on it. I do? <laughs> well, I do because it's it's it just always takes up too much space in the mix. I haven't got any room for it. It's just like, oh, just... Out the way a sec. I need something else. Has to, in my mixes, my very as I've said before, my um, typically eight bit kind of only barely stereo, drastically reduced <laughs> three hundred and twenty kilobits uh, or less MP three style stuff with far too much compression on them. But you know, I, I bow to uh, <laughs> to somebody who has a lot more uh, capability in that department. No, I, I like it. I I hardly ever roll off bottom, and if anything, I might run it. I don't know. I have really great Poltec filters right next to it. Maybe ah. I should try that. Maybe I should try that, Nick. I'm sure I'm not teaching you anything that you don't already know a uh, hundred times is, over. It's a lesson in all of this somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's the Mofo. The Mofo X4. Uh, let me just get an eye. It's the uh, same voice architecture as the Mofo keyboard. Uh, oh, if I go to web, you can see it there. Uh, it's got uh, expandable with a Tetra 4. You can stick a Tetra 4 in it and get eight voices. Uh, Four times the voice for your pleasure. Uh, work less, play more. It's going to be. It's available now. Forty-four weighted keys, aftertouch, as I said, twelve ninety-nine US dollars. Which I'm not sure what that will work at. Maybe about eight hundred quid. I think the Mofo is about. But the Mofo about keyboard. It's about five fifty. So maybe the X4 will be in the eight hundred mark. I mean, there's there are people sort of saying, well, yeah, maybe I should just save a little bit more and go for the Profit 08. But the voice architecture is a bit different. You've got. If I remember correctly, you've got a one and one, one or a two or a one and a two octave sub, so you can get some quite complex, um, quite fat waveforms through that, which you can't get on the Profit Eight, if I recall. I have not reviewed the Profit Eight, so it's a bit difficult for me to be absolutely sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what's next? I think what's next is we could probably go and get Mark Tinley because he has just arrived, and his excuse was. 
I was early one minute and the next minute I was 20 minutes late. How about that? <laughs> That's the sort of excuse that would work at school, but not in my watch, I tell you. Right, I'll just... Anyway, I'm going to go and sit and get... <laughs> Mark Tinley, uh, come right. in, please. I'm all right. I literally, I literally went to make a cup of tea at five to four. I put my tea bag in, filled the teacup up. I turned round and it was 20 past four. And I thought, how the hell did that happen? And I said to Gina... <laughs> Because uh, five to four, she handed this computer over to me. I said, what the hell's happened? She said, oh, that clock's been doing that all day. We've got one of those atomic clocks. <laughs> and it's having a little bit of a problem getting a signal from Switzerland, I think. Maybe really? Oh, so it just kind of like went, oh, it and there it all came. Forward, so time, you, you've actually, time has just been compressed and expanded. That's amazing. The bizarre thing is, I've been writing about that today as well for my book, so... It's kind of weird that I was writing about time and then the whole thing went, you know, there's me making meaning, but whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, are you That's actually, I, I can see that you're in bed and you've got the same pillow covers as I've got. <laughs> Don't get up, please. He's in your bed. He's in oh your God, bed. What the hell are you doing in my house? <laughs> That's why you were late. You've been burglarising me. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, it's all going a bit. Uh, yeah. Right. There we go. There we go. You're back Don't again. Get up, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a house full of boisterous children, and I figured this was maybe the best place to be. Actually, it's slightly quiet. <laughs> you could well be right. Anyway, Mark. Um, let's let's get on to our. Um, let's see. What was I going to have next? Ah, oh, this was quite cool. Oh, I think it's quite cool. I mean, we have covered this a little bit before, but let me just see if I can. Uh, get this this is the uh oh no it's not that one it's that one i want uh this is uh, the news that google have just updated um they are uh hangouts on air making live concerts more uh, awesome with studio mode because previously uh, i mean i've done some testing because i think it's getting to the point where we might actually get better results if I just use Google Hangout for this whole thing, because everything Skype is getting, I was listening back to some old. Really? Um, I, well, I was get, I was listening back to some old Skype, um, uh, some old podcasts, because uh, now you can you can get all of our podcasts on SoundCloud. I've imported. They wrote this in RSS uh, feed importer. Um, sort of partly down to my specification, which I feel very chuffed about, to say, you know, it would be great. I'd love to move stuff over to SoundCloud, but I really don't fancy entering all the details for 300 podcasts in manually. And um, so uh, uh, listening back as I was going through it, they just sound, they sounded so much better than we, te- we seem to get out of them at the moment. Um, so anyway, this is news. So I'm thinking about using Google Hangouts, and Google Hangouts have just got very cool because what they've done is they've added a studio mode. Um, there's a Hangout studio test. I'll try and play this. I think it might work. You never know. Uh, this is uh, a band doing, because lots of bands are doing this uh, where they're doing Hangouts and they're doing live gigs. And uh, they're called Sweet uh, uh, Sweet Seven Nine. This is studio mode off. Let's see if it's going to. Well, you can get of course, the irony is that I'm now rebroadcasting this over Skype, and you won't be able to tell the difference at all. <laughs> but let's uh, we'll wait for the studio mode on, and I can tell you. Well, you can get. It's a world of difference, and the reason it's a world of difference is because it's got stereo and it's got just a much broader and more interesting... Uh, uh, sorry, I thought I'd crash then. I'm nearly losing everything. It's all going crazy. Um, it's got a much broader and sort of stereophonic sound, and it just seems like um, we are... You know, we, we periodically talk about this kind of thing. I mean, we're talking about sort of holographs or what have you, but this could be actually a very cool thing for people to do gigs because now with YouTube, uh, the things with Hangouts, we may have spoken about this before, you could do your Hangout, 
Uh, you can have up to 10 people participating in it as in terms of feeding back, but you can broadcast it to as many people who can watch via YouTube, and the whole thing is then recorded via YouTube and stuck up online uh, in your YouTube account, which I think once they fix the video aspect to it, that might be even more interesting. I don't know, what do you think about this, Rich? Because, I mean, you know, I'm guessing that... Um, it, it is it likely something that's going to enter your world or perhaps maybe your sons would be, you know, maybe doing some performance with this? It's the sort of thing that could really kind of rock, I reckon. It could. And actually, I know the girl who is sort of the queen of Google Plus who started all this with them and did the first musical Google Hangout with them. Wow, that's got cool. got support from them and they've been flying around the world and stuff. She's right here in Newtown. Her name's Daria Musk. She's a very talented girl. Uh, oh, she was singer. one of the first musicians to start doing it. She may be the first. Ah. She's like I said. She's like become the queen of Google Plus in a, in a weird way, and uh, I think it's great. She's really working it, and uh, it seems like it's you know going well for her on some level. And um, her dad's a great guy. He's her producer, and uh, they do great work together. He plays also her bass player, and. Uh, Nice folks, and I'm really happy for them. So that's sort of my connection to all this, but I don't really have any sort of opinion about it other than that if it works for her, I'm really happy. Well, I think it's great that they're going to, I mean, improving the quality is going to be uh, great. I mean, I'd love, I, I think it could work really well perhaps here if we get the, the just purely because it simplifies things a lot. And if I could, if I could get our hardware to be able to just sort of stream straight into the Google, the only thing that uh, I find a little bit problematic with the whole concept is the fact that it's browser based. And I, I would be, I probably prefer to have it in a kind of, um, in an application that was kind of more stable rather than, an, you know, so I could just kind of launch Google Hangouts and have uh, a pipeline straight through rather than some plug-in in Chrome. I don't know. Gaz, I'm guessing, you know, you do quite a lot of gigs as well. I, I'm really excited about this uh, for a new numerous numerous purposes uh firstly i've been looking for a situation for a while where um if i'm doing uh, unattended mastering or mixing sessions i can get the client at the end of the line and give them a kind of uh, a feed of what i'm currently doing maybe open up a skype or a facetime sort of window uh maybe on another device uh so we can have face-to-face -face communication and have that kind of quality stream going on uh in fact i was going to put it out as a question to the <laughs> to everybody to find out if there was something that could do this, so this come at the, in the nick of time. Um, so I think I think that is. It, I don't know that that's necessarily what it's designed for, but I'm sure it will kind of do that. Okay, you can have a private you can have a private channel, can't you? With these? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think it's that. I mean, I think uh, it may be hard to tell. You know, if you're saying has this got too much top end or whatever. I mean, probably work for, like, I think we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we? Like track spacings and, and that kind of thing where you feel sort of the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, absolute audio fidelity isn't uber essential, but sort of, you know, decent quality, better than what I've currently been trying to do, would be really appreciated. Uh, but also, I think that the, um, the thing about doing gigs or even rehearsals and just streaming them live for anyone who may be interested, is quite an interesting idea to do as well. Um, uh, like um, one of the groups I play with is very improvised, uh, very very much based about improvisations. And I've been wondering about that in the past. You know, we do these great improvisations in the rehearsal room, and uh, and sometimes feel it's a shame that there's not a chance for people to kind of listen in on those. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to investigate it. I think it's sort of uh, I think it's very exciting that side of things, definitely. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of thinking there could be a whole way of doing like because we've just done a competition on uh, YouTube actually, which you just finished uh, to win a Scarlet Two I Two. Uh, which was, uh, you know, we just did it, in, and it was this idea, last comment wins, and I came up with a time in my head, which was, in fact, 21 hours and 20 minutes after I posted the video. I don't know why nobody ever thought of that, but, but you know, there was a winner, and we're still waiting for them to get back to us. But the idea of having these kind of interactive competitions where you can kind of do things like that, but also, you know, just to be able to have, look, I'm here with, you know, a synth or the Behringer X32, just tell me what you want to see and I can switch things out, whatever. That sort of hands-on element to gear reviews where you can get questions because at the moment it's it's a, it's one removed, you know, so we have this idea that you... Um, I, I'll, I'll do one part of a review, say, got any questions, and then I'll try and address them in the second part. And it's, you know, it's what happens is I shoot the video and then three more questions come in, but I've already shot it, so I can't, you know, I, I can't. But so there's some interesting applications from just from a gear review point of view. I don't know, Mark, um, lying there in your, in, in, well, I think it's, it's definitely yours. I haven't got a brass four-poster bed uh, like that. I, I hesitate to ask you what you might want to broadcast with your uh, with your newfound audio fidelity on, on Google Plus Hangouts, but would, is it something something that you could kind of see working because you're very much a man of the moment you like to write write songs quickly and kind of do that is there is this a, a possibility well, for you what you said about um gear reviews is interesting because you've given me an idea and i've been thinking of a way to do this and this is that different people have different sets of gear all around the world and i think um there was a company i can't remember who was doing it which you could send them an audio file they'd put it through a reverb and they'd send out the other end to you processed now it's got to be getting to the stage now that you and it might have been altiverb or someone but i can't remember exactly who it was but it's got to be getting to the stage now where you could do that with physical spaces right <clears throat> so you could have a google hangout i could be in a grain silo in cambridgeshire <laughs> with a reference microphone and a nice reference speaker and uh you could uh you could call me up and say hi mark i really want you to get uh, a reverb sound from that place for me and then we could interact on where i was going to put the microphones and you could watch me put the microphone somewhere so no can you move it to the left a bit, bit to the right a bit any kind of situation like that where you could interact with somebody in a space that you're not in and then capture the sound of that space that could i'm gesturing over there aren't I? <laughs> that's interesting i i, I mean uh, it should be like that could be really interesting but old gear as well you could say to someone no just turn the knob like a little bit more around to the right <laughs> if you could see what people were doing you'd have a much more interactive kind of you know somebody if you if you fed if i fed a sound across the internet and through <clears throat> i don't know one of those big old emt plates and there was a guy there and i was going like no pull the lever more that way, you know? <laughs> That's an interesting idea. I mean, I I I'm trying to remember what the uh, it was a a massive it was a massive concrete silo, wasn't it? And you could upload your WAV, and then it would come back to you so, after yeah. it got. We we did we silophone, yeah. silophone. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting idea. I mean, I think because of the uh, the, the real time aspect of it, you people would have to queue. I mean, could you would you think there's a commercial model for that? I mean, is it is it something? That's well, feasible? they'd have to get into the room, wouldn't they? So, how do people? How does Google Plus work? Does that have like a monetizing kind of edge, you know, side to it? Do people pay to go in the room for those big artists or the bigger ones that are sort of streaming? I don't think so at, at the present, but I mean, it, it can't be a difficult problem to solve for that, I suppose. We just give them a private URL via a <laughs> PayPal checkout, and they'd have to could be, pay could with be. PayPal. They get the private URL and. 
I'm sure there's ways of setting that e-merchandising and everything. There's bound to be ways of setting that up. I just don't understand it. No, well, I'm sure it's possible. It's not not an impossibility. I know, Dave Spears, you're kind of looking thoughtful there. Have you got some ideas? Because you've got a room full of old synths there, I think, haven't you? Would you kind of like an interactive hangout where you could just kind of, you know... Somebody could just send you some real-time MIDI and you could just kind of, you know, play it for them and then send it back. And they just just tweak it a little bit, you know. Let's. I'm looking for a bass sound on that synth, please. Can you just feed the uh, sound to there and, uh, and 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 record me that? I know. I, I I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm riffing on this a little bit, you know. As you can... clutching there. Let's all go to Dave's course. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good <laughs> idea. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Again, this was on the other, the other <laughs> email that you sent through. So well, I it's, I mean, it's just this. It's high, much higher quality. Uh, yeah studio algorithm they well they call it studio algorithm and it's it's stereo and so you're going to be able to get a little bit more um kind of fidelity and uh you know more like being there i don't know but i mean that real-time interaction i mean is it likely to work well from my perspective yeah i mean what would you use for me demoing stuff i don't know I don't know. I mean, we've talked in the past, haven't we, about the whole trade show thing, you know, being able to kind of cue people up and go, right, okay, so this is what we're launching and we're launching it now. And you don't have to stand there and kind of put up with the very bad smell of crimpline and nylon sweat. Um, (laughs) You can do it in your own home with even more sweat. Now, um, I don't know. It's interesting. But, I mean, obviously, the better the quality, the better the the end result is going to be. So, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this. From another perspective, unfortunately, which I can't talk about, which is why I was looking thoughtful, because this is definitely going to impact on something I was asked to be involved in. Ah, interesting. Uh, Red Walks in the chat room says, that's a a brilliant Google peep show. I think that's just (laughs) an absolutely fantastic fantastic idea for, for a show title, amongst other things. So thank you very much for that, Red Walk. Um, anybody got anything to add then? I mean, have we kind of exhausted the possibilities of this? I mean, I think that for gigs and for that sort of thing, if you could, if you could monetize it and the technology is going to be there and you can stream it, you know, in, in a decent enough quality, then why not? You could, I mean, the ba- she just it- did do a live gig with it. Ah, what well, your your friend? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and publicized it, and I guess a lot of people watched. They actually, apparently in response to the way she was being responded to, opened up the... the originally, you could only have 10 people in a hangout. Yeah. And somehow they've opened that up and created this whole format around the fact that they had to open up separate servers on her and stuff. They had, like, hundreds of people watching this girl at a time. And uh, You can actually now... Yeah, it used to be limited to 10 people at a time, but now you can have those 10 people, but you also have... Uh, multiple you know it also streams out via youtube to whoever wants to watch you know it goes out via your channel or i'm not sure yeah uh, uh it depends on yeah it's going to depend on the your uh connection quality ultimately you know because that's the worst so thing have, about all of these things you have 10 people in the room and then there's a stream as well then yeah so the 10 people this, well, the 10 people can interact yeah and the uh uh the 10 people can interact, but the unlimited people can listen. And I was messing around with it a little bit, actually. Um, you know, you can do lower thirds that look actually very similar to this. And there's stuff that, you know, desktop and things. But as I said, I just think doing that via a browser, I'm not so comfortable with because it's not particularly memory efficient. And, you know, if you've got lots of video stuff going and I mean, it's going to be how do you capture it at your end? Because I would rather capture it at high quality and then upload it myself 
while you know as a placeholder and leave the YouTube one as a placeholder than have all of that stuff just I mean you might have problems with audio as well because you when you whenever I do anything with audio in a browser there's always a problem with being able to set the buffer length so if something starts dropping out and clicking and stuff there's nowhere that I can work out anyway where I can go and sort of fiddle <clears throat> around with that so if anybody knows how to do that, I would love to know. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, the browser is a closed, is rather closed. Anyway, okay. Um, I'm going to uh, now. I, time's moved on. Let's uh, uh, switch back there. I think they're experiencing a bit uh, rather, um, rather. Um, what's the word? Ironically, um, people watching this live stream are experiencing a bit of lag. So that's just the way it works. Um, let me see. Right. Um, I think it's probably time just to say uh, thank you very much to our show sponsors. who will probably play shortly. There we go. Hello. Ah, thank you very much. I want to say thank you very much to uh, Yamaha. Uh, a world of applications, to be honest. There's uh, over 20 applications available in the music category alone. The Yamaha taking the application world very seriously. You've got simple MIDI control apps like uh, Synth Art and Drum Pad, which actually got much deeper with the inclusion of uh, 61 separate synth sounds and seven drum kits. Setlist Organizer, which is, uh, allows you to program MIDI controls and notes to go along with the tune. It'll send out all the bank. You can set up to five MIDI, con- MIDI program changes per song and song section. Uh, edit and Control, uh, Voice Editor, uh, for the Motif XF, Mox, S90X, S70X, Motif XF, and Rack XS, which give you access to quick edit functions, mixer effects, and MEQ modes. There's the voice editor essential as well. The same range of keyboards gives you EQ cutoff, portamento, all of that kind of stuff. And there's faders and X and Y pad to allow you to kind of get more gestural control of your Yamaha synth over a larger kind of uh, area. There's the setlist organizer there, actually. And uh, I think we reviewed that on Sonic Touch, and I was very impressed with it. I thought it was a very cool thing. So, once again, to say thank you to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to check out some of their apps, you can just go to the App Store, uh, search for Yamaha, and they should show up. As I say, there's over 20. Uh, go onto the web, uh, www.uk.yamaha.com. Thank you very much for their continued sponsorship of the show. We can't really uh, delay much longer. I know... Um, Mountain Lion has been causing all sorts of grief to all sorts of people. I know last week, particularly, Gaz was uh, rather, um, well, I mean, basically, he was uh, tearing his hair out and his computer was causing him all sorts of problems. Uh, in fact, if I go to where there's also, there's, there seems to have been this bug which has, um, uh, if I find my mouse here, uh, sounds stuttering after Mountain Lion installation. And it seems to, uh, what it does is, there's some sort of background process which actually just seems to have uh, noticing there's a bug involving sound where the, the whole computer freezes, audio locks up, and you just can't kind of use the computer. And at the moment, there doesn't see, this was posted the 9th of August on uh, CNET, so pretty recently. Mountain Lion's only been out, what, uh, two, three weeks at the most. Um, and the system can become unresponsive when stuttering happens, but usually it gets working again after a moment. And the only real kind of workaround at the moment appears to be like downgrading your operating system install which seems like a bit um a bit mad so gaz um first of all you you uh you upgraded to mountain lion right yes i don't know why i was so eager to do that really but i did that and, was um, going to be my first question <laughs> i i think i was just 
I think it was partly because of this iPad show that we did. I wanted to sort of have a look, you know, that we do rather, that I wanted to sort of see what, um, you know, the integration was like of the iOS and the Mac, you know. So uh, that was kind of my motivation. But what I wasn't anticipating was the problem that I had as a result with uh, with Mountain Lion. And basically what happened in my case was that um, my system fans were on full blast all the time making a real kind of racket and also running the battery down in, an, in about an hour as well if I was using it sort of um, without being plugged into the mains. So this was a bit of, a, it was a bit of an issue and uh, having a look around on the internet, there was just countless amount of people experiencing the same problem. Uh, I contacted Apple's support and they didn't acknowledge any issue with that. They got me to do a few standard things which didn't solve the problem. Um, I talked to Rich here, who's very helpful. He pointed me in the direction of a little app called, um, you might have, what's it called, Rich? It's called, um, it's a little thing that you is can Is it like system mock- profiler kind of thing? It is. iStat menus. Ah, yes, iStat menus. Yep. Thank, thank you. iStat menus, which gives you like a constant monitoring of what's I'm gonna going to play on. some blues while we talk about this. <laughs> Go ahead, please, well, I woke up in the morning, and my <laughs> man was blues. Okay, so what I found then was, uh, with a combination of that and the activity monitor, um, certain apps were kind of really causing my CPU to max out. Disabling iCloud in its entirety on my Mac sorted the problem out. So, with that, so once I'd actually sort of, you know. Just turned it off, then fan back to normal. Everything's cool. So I've currently got iCloud. Or hot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Yeah, but I've got so I've got iCloud currently disabled. I will eventually turn it back on once there's been some system upgrades. Uh, I think it's something. I'm not quite sure why that what why that was still, but at least I know that that that's what I'd recommend if anyone's having this same problem. Just just try disabling it for now and uh, see if. Did, that did I mean? Did you find that there were processes when you were looking that were um, you know obvious? You know what were the processes that it's the, was it the iCloud process? Well, they were like I didn't know what they were. It was only by researching them on the internet that I found that they were related somehow to iCloud, uh, and then. Uh, and then by disabling iCloud, the problem went away. So it was a little bit of a, you know, an investigative process, really. Um, and that and that sorted it out completely. Uh, in my case, yeah. It, oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, but, one of the things I would say, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, cloud computing is, you know, is great for some things and fantastic. But for real-time OS, essentially what you're looking at really is a really, really slow disk controller. You know, so if you're any of your, if you imagine this, you know, you're writing something to your drop, you know, your folder that is watched or whatever, or your assets that are then synced up to the cloud, it's getting written to the file fast at your end. And then this sort of slow trickle up to the internet, depending on your bandwidth, is then kind of, it's just incredibly um, slow IO. I don't know, Rich, did, did you get... Uh, you've been there, you, you, you bought a new computer recently, right? So you presumably had it installed from... You know, the get-go, it was, it was, it came with it, right? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> lost in it music. Did, it came, no, it came. Yeah, there's a song about that. Uh, it came with Lion installed. However, I have been running Mountain Lion, and I don't dislike it. And it's, it's, uh, it didn't cause any 
major issues like it caused for gas, but I didn't put it on a laptop yet. So, well, one of the I mean, one of the things that's been there's a, a very interesting uh, uh, blog from Peter Kerr. I think if I go there blog post from him where he's just talking about you know the, the things that you should watch out for. Gatekeeper is also something that should be disabled uh, because that's the sort of sandboxing security and that causes pretty much any installer that's not uh, security savvy to not work because it's got this kind of uh, system in place where it tries to sort of protect you from yourself in case you are installing something that might not be well signed. I guess it's a bit like the Microsoft signed drivers kind of idea, which I'm guessing, you know, from a, it seems like a great idea in some respects, but must be an absolute nightmare for a software developer to try and then sort of jump through the hoops to get that to happen. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I'm, you, you uh, can see where so I'm going I with this, with this bad boy almost instantly. Sorry. One of the first things I did when I got my first copy of Mountain Lion is start installing stuff that wasn't purported to work. To and it worked it. okay. How, uh, how, you how do you do it? it? How do you do it? How do you uninstall it? How did I install it? Uninstall Gatekeeper. Is it, is it something that Oh, is... I don't recall. I don't recall. Do the system prefs. Ah. Yeah, I might do that. I mean, they, they've, all, they've always had File Vault, for example. I've never had that going. No, me neither. Me neither. So I'm not likely to take their word for it on this either. No, I just, you know, I do religiously sort of back things up, at least to Time Machine and semi-religiously to a clone drive. But um, it's, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Seems like a, it's, it is to Lion sort of with me like Snow Leopard was to Leopard. It just feels a little leaner, a little slicker, a little faster. I mean, one and, thing that the one thing that people are saying is that you know they're recommending that you should be basically having eight you know eight gigs of RAM as a starting point to kind of make sure it's it's to get the most of it. I don't know how true that is. I don't either because it seems to run quicker and leaner to me. But maybe um, I'm guessing on that. I, I and I don't run too many computers with less than eight gigabyte of RAM anymore anyway. But a laptop will often have four, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. Okay. I mean, I I'm, think it's more memory. Now, I could be wrong about this. I'm not well read on the subject, but the whole feeling of the thing is faster, slicker to me. I mean, I'll be looking. I like it when I'll like it better when, you know, the stuff I use every day runs on it. But in the meantime, I keep it on a separate drive and visit now and again and wave back at my old partition and say, hi, how you doing? One of these days, you will be mine. <laughs> and that's how it goes. You know, it, it's. Never look at this. Shane is like in capital letters. Never use File Vault. Mm. Well, I I don't know, Dave Spears. I mean, you're kind of you, you've probably seen it from the pointy end because presumably people have been trying to install your stuff on Mountain Lion, and you know these are installers and software packages that you wrote prior to its release. So, uh, I mean, what are the kind of issues that you're seeing as a you know most? I think we're okay at the minute. Uh, they have to be. There's all sorts of techie stuff that you have to adhere to including i mean the, the, the actual signing stuff we think is quite a good idea i mean basically you've got two choices haven't you you can do it or not do it and ask people to bypass it at the minute we're asking people to bypass it because obviously we are really focusing on the 64 bit but john is kind of looking at installers and revisiting things the signing's been a bit of a pain in the ass uh so yeah or you can just but either way we intend to whinge about it uh, well <laughs> Perhaps Richard would like to play some comedy music now. Can you do Benny Hill, Rich? 
No, I don't think I know Benny Hill. I'd recommend certainly with uh, if somebody's updating from uh, let's say Lion to Mountain Lion, it's not been that much of an issue. But if they're buying a new computer, putting Mountain Lion on it, and then trying to reinstall all their old stuff, then they're going to run into grief. And I've said it a million times on this podcast, you deserve to run into grief if you update. Now, I know that there is another um, iteration of Mountain Lion coming out uh, pretty soon, actually. So hopefully that might sort a few audio things out. We, from a from a developer's perspective, or dealing, you know, from me dealing in the front line, we've had a few people who have said uh, it's been good, and a load of people. It's probably been about fifty fifty actually. Fifty uh, fifty. Some have gone back. Some have even gone back as far as ten six eight. That, well, that's where I am, actually. I mean, I haven't gone any further than that. I'm just because, you know, everything kind of works here. Uh, I mean, I did, I did get uh, um, Canvas a few uh, questions uh, via Storify, just mountain line audios. And, and um, uh, failed museo Rob Puri Cherry said that basically all of his stuff worked fine. Uh, he hasn't had to update all his drivers and installation was a breeze. Best upgrade yet. Um, access virus plugin didn't work okay for Mauricio Daniel Maranello. Uh and uh, what was it that uh, yeah uh, Kiwi Steve Steve Currington he only had to update his uh, driver to public vitas which is the potential mountain line update I mean and it seems uh, from the stuff that I've been reading uh, uh, it's down to a lot also down to the actual device drivers as well we're getting some grief with this particularly on USB apparently all the Motu stuff is going okay so people are, are able to to work with that and uh, but some of the other some other USB audio interfaces so you really you're going to want to check i mean the, but above all if you're going to do any of this stuff just make sure you back up clone your drive first you know splat, you know there's no point in i in, think Rich's in, idea is the best idea yeah. just petition it on another drive and let that do the work for a little while. And then gradually you can migrate everything over. But, I mean, don't. You know, if you need your computer to work every day, just don't go wading into it and expect everything to be hunky-dory. It never is. It never is. No. Uh, I know this. And what did I do? I went wading straight <laughs> in. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, you know, victim of your own enthusiasm there, I think. But... Uh... I mean, the, but it does bring up some other issues. I mean, because th- there's also talk. Uh, Chris Randall, who's written some interesting blog posts on this, is he the audio damage guy? Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of plugin uh, d- plugin development. I mean, he's kind of uh, bemoaning the fact that you know now we get into a situation where the plugin architecture, even audio units, is going to become fragmented again. It's going to almost you have to write it to to work within a specific application because it's so heavily sandboxed. So you're going to end up with even more fragmentation of plugin formats, which seems like a retrograde step. So, you know, the plugin that you write for working with Apple's Logic may not be the same one that you want to work with uh, Cubase or Pro Tools or whatever, you know, and and that, well, I mean, obviously not Pro Tools, but, you know, the VST paradigm and the audio units paradigm is starting to be shifted away again, down to the way that Apple are sort of pushing everything security wise. And that, seems to be the biggest kind of scare uh, in terms of where this is going because it's just i mean that's just going to mess everything up again we're going to go back to kind of oh. some other nonsense i mean it just seems crazy i don't know i just upgraded you know to what to mountain oh. line no 10.4 upgraded to 10.6.8 
Good man. She's great. Snow Leopard. I have to say, I think that's a classic operating system. (laughs) It does work very well. But even that I had grief with, actually. I have to say, I kind of got forced into it in a couple of ways. And one of them was that Native Instruments sent me this thing and they said, you bought Abbey Road drums and we want to give you Abbey Road drummer for free. And I thought, oh, brilliant. So I downloaded it, eight gigabytes or something, put it on my drive, tried to run it in contact. And it said, you need the latest version of contact to run this. So I downloaded the latest version of contact and that said, you need at least 10.6.8 to run this. So it was kind of, it sat there for a while while I thought about what to do. And then eventually I kind of took the plunge, but even that, even that jump to something that's really stable and, and all of the things have been ironed out. It just went horribly wrong for about two days. And I had to just kind of surf around, on the net finding all the solutions to different things and going in and doing pseudo things which i never like doing whatever you know like when you go in the terminal and type stuff so i had to do a couple of those kind of things and then had to change some drivers around and had to go into really deep into the system and delete a couple of things so it made new preferences for things and stuff like that to even get my audio to work so um so, I mean, at least if you update to something that's been around a while, you know that the solutions are out there. But I, I, And then I thought, well, maybe I'll upgrade to Lion now. But, of course, I can't now because if I go into the App Store to upgrade to Lion, it wants to sell me Mountain Lion. So I guess I'll just stay in 10.68 for a while and, uh, until I get another computer now, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing I was wondering because you know, I'm getting to the point now where I might need to get a new machine. Mm. If I get a new machine, like, you know, one of the new laptops, am I going to be able to run anything prior to Mountain Lion on it? Yes. Rich, Rich nods. Maybe not. Right now, the brand new uh, laptops come with Lion on them. I thought it was a really weird move for them to pull Lion the day they posted Mountain Lion from yeah. their app store. Mm. I thought that was really a very strange thing for them to do. I mean, it's like, nice. Must- I I was, it it's nice that I can pay twenty whatever it is dollars and upgrade from ten point six to ten point eight, but I might not want to do that. Mm. No, you might not want to do that. And right now, if you're going to run any kind of DAWs other than Ableton, you probably don't, or maybe Motu, but uh, you probably don't want to do that. In Mountain Lion's defense, so I have to say that uh, that the uh, yeah, let's have some good news. Yeah, mission control is good. It works nicely now because uh, Expose was fine under Snow Leopard. And then when they brought out this uh, thing called um, Mission Control, which is this way where you can kind of see all the apps and desktops that you've got running in sort of with like a swipe on the trackpad, uh, it, you, it was just really frustrating before on the Lion. You know, if you wanted to drag an app from one window to another, it was just really awkward. It seems to work like it should now, so that that's cool. I mean, it's not exactly a headline grabbing. No, thing, it doesn't but... seem like a reason that you'd want to <laughs> yeah. upgrade oh, and go through all a, of that hell. To be perfectly it's honest, it's actually a big deal to me. But it always worked great yeah. in Lion. I don't remember experiencing any difference whatsoever between Lion and Mountain ah. Lion in that regard. Mm. Yeah, no, it, no, f- right. For what? instance, yeah, you know, if you wanted to drag like an app, you had to do it. It was now. It's it, it's just. It works the way it should. I think there was just like a restriction. I can't remember quite what it was, whether you couldn't drag. Uh, I think now, it, hang on, I'll just test this <laughs> before I say. Oh, what's going to happen? Uh, You're going to go whizzing about? No, 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 I was just testing. You can 
when you open up the mount, uh, when you open up the uh, the uh, the uh, mission control thing, um, you can move files. Uh, you can move things around freely. I think there was a restriction in line. I can't quite remember what it was, but it used to really wind me up. Uh, <laughs> what sorry, wound not- me up was that between spaces and mission control, they decided to get rid of the second dimension. You used to be able to go horizontally or uh, vertically with your yes. desktops. And yeah. they got rid of the vertical layer, and now it's all just side-by-side stuff. Yes. And I got really used to using a grid of desktops that I would set yeah. up on computers, and now it's all got to kind of lay side-by-side, and that's just the way it is. But I do like the implementation of the gestures, the trackpad gestures into uh, Mission Control quite a bit. And I do run like a, a bunch of different desktops all the time on all my computers. Yeah, and I too. find it really useful. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like there are some. I mean, these are kind of more general work, uh, just working stuff rather than specific to audio, perhaps. Unless you've got particular apps going on in the in those windows, and you kind of move between tools, I guess, Rich. But I mean, yeah. I, I wonder what the what whether there's any kind of great advantage from an audio production point of view to going to this. I mean, it does. It just seems like a load of headaches, and you. At the moment, and you know, until you're bound to get to that situation where you think everything's fine, and then you're doing a project, and you just try and do something that you only do every once in a blue moon, and you think, "I need that plugin," and it says, "Ah, no, sorry, that's that's one of the things that doesn't work." Well, I mean, that's true with pretty much any OS upgrade, though. Yeah. So the just be I, aspect initially. I think the key is really just be very careful and please make sure you back up and, and you know, and give yourself some time for it to work. I mean, uh, these things are all going to seem fairly obvious things to suggest, but I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking, I, like I say, I run 10.6.8 here. I don't, uh, I don't kind of really see any need to go any higher. There's, there's nothing in it that, that, you know, there's nothing about mountain lion I need to on a day-to-day basis at this point. And and frankly, I haven't got any, I've only got four gigs of RAM in all the machines here. And perhaps I need to get some more RAM. But the RAM for the Mac Pros is still incredibly expensive, <laughs> and I uh, resent paying such a high amount for it. So um, that's why. Not that expensive around here. Oh, isn't it? Maybe uh, maybe I should get you to get me some. <laughs> mine's a specific. Mine's the mine's such an old machine that I think perhaps it's. Uh, Oh, well, Maybe. if you have that RAM that they carved into stone tablets, then no, I can't help you. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably what I've got. I've got stuff that's made by, uh, made by dwarves in some sort of uh, special mine and ship. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, but yeah, I, I, that's what I kind of need, basically. Right, um, let me see. What else have we got? I think we probably should just quickly take a look at this last video because uh, it really is um, – oh, well, it's just something very special. Now, see if I can find – oh, yeah, here we are. I think, Dave, you might know what this is all about. Oh, here it comes. Or not. Ah, there we go. Hello. This may seem a strange place to start a video on synthesizers, but in fact I'm here in the middle of the Hertfordshire countryside at Museum Studios to have a look at some of the world's best-loved synthesizers. Come with me. Right. This is uh, this was posted by Lee Kemp, uh, who is a listener from Bristol. Um, I know he's. I don't know if he's live in the chat room today. I haven't seen his name go past, but he may be. Uh, thanks for this, Lee. This is uh, this is like a couple of hours of video, uh, and it's all to do with this um, amazing collection of synthesizers uh, from. I'm guessing it was in the 90s. This was made, and uh, what's quite funny about this is if we go, uh, there's just tons and tons. Of, he's got like loads of everything. It's just amazing, and I think if I get up to about. 
Let me see. There's a there's about 50 minutes somewhere. There's a cr- end credits, and let me just see if I can find. In, in years to come. Let me see. Oh, here it comes. Go on. Ah, Dave Spears. There you are, you cheeky little so and so. What were you doing on that then? Was it? Were you in the? Were you? Were you one of those guys standing there with the kind of boom mic? Oh God, I had so many chores on that. A uh, bit of back history uh, was my business partner was the guy who was interviewing people like Bob Moog and whatnot, and he said I was trying to do a kind of DVD CD thing, video thing on vintage synths, and all of a sudden the phone rang, and it's this guy here, a guy called Martin Newcomb, saying he's opening a synth museum in his house in the countryside in Essex, and would and we were like, yeah, this is obviously a wind up. Can you fax through the list, please? So he faxes through this list, and it just doesn't stop coming. And by about the second page, I was just like lying on the floor, just kind of going, oh, my God. And then we went to see it, and it was just even more, oh, my God. I think he he was a banker, a merchant banker of some sort, or worked in the city. Anyway, he made a ton of money on Black Friday, Black Wednesday, Black Orange Tuesday, or whatever it was, and had spent it all on synthesizers. About three million quid. And we were just like, wow. And his aim was to turn it into a working museum. So it was a studio and a museum. And then we were commissioned to do the, to film the open day. But actually, because he was a banker, he didn't know anyone in the industry. So we invited all of the people that you saw in the later video. Bob Moog, uh, Rick from Underworld was there. Yeah, I saw him, yeah. Looking very, very young. And, uh, and Rez uh, gets, a, uh, gets a bit of soundtrack placement there as well, I noticed. Yeah, and it was quite funny because I do remember Carl, uh, yeah, Carl walking in and sort of looking around and just, going, and just saying one word to me and going, why? And then walking out. But um, it was a really amazing day. Dave Robinson was there, a load of the future guys were there, and it was absolutely amazing. But alas... It really was the age-old... I mean, he really had taken it to extremes. You know, the how do you make a million quid in the music business? He started with three, and I don't think it um, ever really led to anything. Keeping the stuff going was a total nightmare, especially on that day, because there was no air conditioning in the room. Bob Williams, you know how big and beefy Bob is with his Gold's Gym? He was going around trying to sort of fix things and repair things as they were breaking down. It was really pretty hilarious, but an amazing day, and... Yeah, like Bob. I think Bob Moe got stung in the wasp, uh, stung in the mouth by a wasp. Oh my god! And he's allergic to that, so that caused a bit of drama. Um, Flood was playing on the lawn. That's quite trippy. Um, Wow! I must admit, it does. If the guy was a successful investment banker, you kind of think, and therefore, this idea is clearly going to have gone through some due diligence. And yes, I think, you know, I, I, we look at the graphs after sort of three years, we'll break even. Or what, I mean, in what, uh, any possible no. way is that ever likely to have ever happened, even in his lifetime? Well, and he didn't even, he didn't really play. He just kind of loved the bands that made music with this stuff. So ah. he was a, ma- I was, I'd just finished Super working fan. with Shakespeare's sister and he was a massive Shakespeare's sister fan. So the mere fact that I'd kind of invited a couple of them up there and they arrived was just like, you know, he was like, oh my God, oh my God. It was almost on a part of sort of Bob turning up and opening the place. It was pretty amazing. I mean, that was kind of the first time I'd, I'd spoken to Bob Moog 
on the phone a couple of times prior to that, but that was the first time I'd really met met him and spent some real time in his company. And he's an ama- you know amazing character, really. And I think you get an idea of that from the opening thing. Anyway, it was all really entertaining. It, there's even a picture of me and Andy Shillito in in that in those final little bits, <laughs> sort of huddled down, bent over something. Andy Shillito came on the the show. Actually, he's a very uh... Very well known sound front of house. I'm just wondering, do you know what's happened to it? I mean, it's a big collection. Has it just gradually been dissipated and kind of sold off? And do you know anything? What, what's the history some, of it since then? Some of it went to uh, Turnkey afterwards. He he kind of moved premises, and and the very first part of that video with with that kind of strange guy from BBC, what is it like CBeebies or something? Um, that wasn't anything i don't we didn't do that we did this kind of opening day thing which is the whole middle section and end section um he then moved properties because it was really trippy it was it looked like a changing room for a non-existent swimming pool in a (laughs) giant council house in the middle of essex and when you went in you went down the stairs and it just opened out into this enormous dome full of stuff so he then moved to, I think it was near Dunmo or somewhere like that, and had the collection in there. And I think maybe that's the first part of the video. Turnkey then had some of it later on, but Benj has got some of it in his studio. Ah, uh, right. Well, that was, uh, in fact, the uh, the uh, last week's show on YouTube, the, uh, I think, I don't know, the, the big pile of hooey titled, that, the studio shots got loads of comments. There were people going, oh, that's where I work. And there's some of Benj's studio there as well, isn't there? Which just yeah, looks yeah. absolutely fabulous. And it's all working. That's the thing about it. It's all in there working and plugged yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep saying, you know, when you have this stuff, you have an obligation to keep it alive. There's no point sticking it in a room and never using it. That's kind of criminal, I think. And that's why I really like that old idea of a you know, a working synth museum that bands could kind of go in there and go, right, I want the Biotron or I want to, you know, yeah. want to use that 2500. That's why I love Benji's place. Yeah. And uh, Mark, uh, I'm guessing that, um, did you get a chance to have a look at this video? I did start watching it. I realised that it was something that I would need to spend yeah. it's over an hour long. So uh, I'm going to come back to it. It reminds me of... Um, I go to lots of steam fairs and vintage car rallies because I'm sort of into that as well. And any of the things, any of the films that anybody ever makes about those things have the same kind of voiceover and the same kind of <laughs> intricate detailing. And it, uh, just something about that, men particularly doing that, standing around with, in kind of like trying to pull their bellies in and stand up tall and having a chat about the, you know, the colour of the knobs on something or something. that's what I was talking about last week actually <laughs> but it's you know it's it has a sort of I don't know it has a kind of a pipe and slippers feel about it doesn't it it's almost like intrinsically British as well the yes. way that we present this sort of stuff and it's almost like an Fred Dibner could have done it couldn't he yeah it's an Asperger's guy's dream really so <laughs> I will be sitting down to watch that at some point then any one of those that you saw that you would just you, any one synthesizer you'd like to take away from that particular massive hall? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, the the uh, demonstration of the Mellotron in the middle was quite nice, actually. I mean, I've never really had a chance to have a proper play with a real one of them. I mean, I'd like to like make tapes for one. I I know it's it's just like a pointless exercise in this day of samplers and things, but just from a sort of a an organic and artistic kind of uh, viewpoint. It might be nice to make my own sample tapes and put them in a Mellotron 
and just see how it, you know, there's, some, there's something about how it works that excites me. It's kind of fascinating. I have no idea why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... Excellent. Anybody else, um, any kind of takeaway points from that video? I don't know, Rich, did you, did, we, we, you, you kind of, like, you, you worked as sales guy for some of those kind of companies back in the day in, Cal- uh, I'm not sure if it was California, I'm guessing. It possibly wasn't. See anything there that you just thought, oh, yeah, I remember seeing one of those, you know, anything specific? I didn't get a chance to look at it, Nick. So ah, okay, fair enough. Comment on it. <laughs> there is there is one thing I think is very important to take away from this video, and that is, as a man, don't tuck your shirt into your trousers. <laughs> is there something about that? <laughs> it just looked quite quite weird. It was of an it? age I mean, though. When was, when was that 90, shot? What ninety? 90... I think it's about ninety three. Right. I think it was 93. It's either 92 or 93. Okay. Probably late enough to not be in the uh, trousers tucked in kind of scenario. The tuck, the tuck is totally in with the kids now, though. Yeah, but they yeah. don't sing, do they? I, can't, that, I don't buy that. The kids have got, haven't got any trousers. They're all down on uh, their knees. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't get me started, for no, goodness. It is, honestly, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a fashion reaction to that, you know, and it's like really high trousers, really fully tucked in. It's sort of, ah, that's I look. see. That's the look. The cowl look. Right. Vest um, in pants. Can I just mention, Andy Keys in the chat room has been saying that the M-Audio Venom, he just bought one from, um, from T- Tomman for 100, they're going for 168 quid. Uh, oh, really? Yes, yes. Now that is that is a bargain and a very good bargain. Um, I'm not sure that uh, the current owners of M Audio would be so delighted with uh, all of their stock being undercut by that amount. But I that mean, is a bargain, absolute yeah, I mean, bargain. Because yesterday we, uh, me and Nick, tested the kind of class compliancy of that particular model with running it with an iPad. And which you can use audio and MIDI simultaneously just through single connection, and it worked. It worked a treat. So it did I mean, work, yeah. yeah. So I mean, 168 quid. I mean, and that's not taking into account that it's got a a really decent sounding synth on board. It's yeah. a silly bargain, isn't it? That does so, seem dirt cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. So, I would recommend it. Mm. Personally. Um, as a as a deal, not that we have any affiliation or making any money out of it. Sadly, yeah. maybe we should. Maybe we should be the retailer. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, no, good point, Gaz, um, and uh, nicely spotted. So thanks, Andy Keys. Thank you very much for that. Um, anybody got anything to add to that particular topic, or should we um, should we call it a day? It's uh, uh, I seem to have had a surfeit of them today, but actually um, didn't need to use them all which is good because I can use some of them next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thanks ever so much. Oh, I also wanted to say, of course, um, don't forget we've got our Isotope Iris competition that's, that's still open at the moment. In fact, uh, if I switch to that, you'll probably be able to see a little bit of uh, action there. Sonicstate.com forward slash Iris. We have got, I, God, I don't know how many entries there are now, but there are quite a lot. I suppose I could play a bit and see what happens. What happens if I play a bit? Will you able to hear that? I could play us out, I suppose with a few iris competition and remember this is the iris competition they've put up six grand's worth of software in prizes so a well worth it you download a free demo of uh, iris which is sample based kind of uh, synthesis and kind of well 
transformational bit of software. Dave will know because uh, Dave had a hand in designing it. You can download it for now. You get 10 days to uh, make some sounds and then you can enter a competition where you could possibly win two grand's worth of isotope software. If you're the complete winner, you win two grand. There's also five categories <laughs> which you could win a grand's worth of software. So you could get that and a couple of other things. So I th- thoroughly recommend that you... Uh, Maybe check that out. Let me just go back to that. That's uh, sonicstate.com forward slash iris is the place to go if you want to enter that competition. And uh, well worth doing so, in my humble opinion. So um, I think what we might do is probably time to say goodbye to everyone. Thank you ever so much for everybody for joining us. It's been a... Oh, I, I thought that was somebody else. That's iris coming at you. You're probably not hearing that. Can you hear that, chaps? I can hear it. Ah, there we go. Uh, So I want to say, first of all, I'll say thanks to Gaz Williams uh, over there in Bristol, um, songsurgeon.co.uk. That's not Gaz, that's Gaz. I know, Gaz, you were were a bit worried that your website hadn't been updated for a while. You were on... um, uh, what's yeah. it, iWeb or whatever it's called, were you? Yeah, my website's dead at the moment. I've just put, like, a really basic thing up just initially, just uh, when I get time, uh, I'm going to redo, redo it all. All right, well, well, when you're ready, go over to songsurgeon.co.uk and see what... <laughs> I think now. the website was good. Don't go now. Right, okay, well, don't go. I'll take that away. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Very great pleasure. And uh, I'm going to switch to Dave Spears now, who's making funny faces over there. So I just thought I'd warn him before I switch to him. Dave Spears, G4 Software. Thank you for joining us as well. Um, if you're... <laughs> Is this all this music just having an effect? It just makes you want to dance. You were talking about the Prophet 10 uh, making you want to dance. It's actually Isotope Iris competition entries are just kind of making you move. G4 Software, thank you very much for joining us, Dave. I can't hear you. Thank you, Nick. I'll turn it down. Oh, is it too loud for you? <laughs> Granddad? <laughs> All right, mate. Anyway, thank you very much, Dave. And we'll also say uh, thank you very much to uh, Rich Hilton, uh, who is over there in Connecticut. I'm guessing he's going to be going back into the studio to do some more mystical scoring gig. Um, so, Rich Hilton, if you speak, I can switch to your uh, your lovely face there because you'll pop up Woof. into the bigger window. Woof. Oh, it didn't work. Well, it's something going on. It's really loud. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Hold on. There we go. Hi there. Ah, it's the wrong fader. That's why. Anyway, Rich Hilton, thank you very much for joining us as well. Hiltonius.com for all your Rich Hilton needs. Off into the studio to do some great work with uh, Nile Rogers and some secret project. Is the uh, the man in the speeding limousine uh, revving the engine saying, come on, Rich, time to go. I think I hear him now. Ah, Rich, your car is here. Anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure as always. And also we'll say uh, thank you very much to Mark Tinley, who's looking very uh, very reclined. Yes, You're looking yes. like on your sort of day bed there. I'm doing the, um, you know, the porn star thing now. I was going to say the, um, not the porn star. <laughs> I was going to say something along the lines of the... Look the, at my long legs. <laughs> I was thinking the, reti- the, the author who's working from home, uh, just on the daybed, sort of. Uh, you could be like uh, Dame Barbara Cartland, who's just uh, going to dictate to somebody, and your works will be. Um, oh, that would be. Put on. Wouldn't that be great? That. Anyway, Mark Tinley, likebeing.com, Thank you very much for joining us. Just, I was just wondering how I'm going to get sonified in the in the iris. What's my background sound? Oh, silence. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I've turned that up a little bit. Sorry about that. I didn't have. I, I had another set of faders that I wasn't aware of because this is coming out of by uh, my MacBook Pro rather than the, any of the other myriad sources. So once again, just want to say 
go on, enter the competition. SonicState.com yeah. forward slash Iris. We got some great entries, but there's room for a lot more. Thank you very much. Right, that was Sonic Talk number 279. Uh, I want to say thank you again for everybody joining us. Thanks to those guys in the chat room. If I flip to you guys. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to have you um, in, and thanks for your input. Oh, look, $240 in the US for Venom. That's cheap too. So... That was it. Sonic Talk number 279. It's all over and you're just listening to some of our IRS competition entries. Thank you.